are the rising interest rates causing your buyers to sit on the fence and dry up your pipeline and have you all in a panic? We are going to talk strategies. Interest rates are on the rise, but how can you creatively still help your clients move forward with the home purchase that they so badly want? Let's do this. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast, where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. Hey, Bus Bench Babes, Beth here doing a solo episode, and we're going to talk all about interest rates. It's everywhere you turn. It's what every it's what everybody is talking about. And there's so many buyers that are listening to the news. And like we all know, most of the news is doom and gloom. Bad news is what sells, right? The, the worse the news, the sexier it is the better it sells. So the news is full of like the doom and gloom of what's happening in the real estate market and not how we can actually serve our clients. And we need to be serving our clients on the highest level possible. We need to be providing our clients with as much up-to-date information as possible, what you're seeing in the marketplace every day, what your actual stats are, and especially on a micro level, like what is actually happening in your marketplace. I know that I'm on masterminds every single week through EXP and through Tom Ferry Coaching. And a lot of the stuff that's happening on the coast is not the same as what's happening here on a micro level in the Twin Cities area. So you need to know what's happening in your area so you can have intelligent conversations with clients and really have that elevator pitch just ready to go because that's what everyone wants to know. I can be at a dinner party and people are like, hey, Beth, what's happening in the market? And like, what do you think is going to happen if interest rates continue to go up? So I'm getting the question everywhere, not just in you know my work life throughout the day, but really like just in life in general, it's, it's what everybody wants to know. So here's a few strategies and here's a few things we're going to talk about today. If you've been paying attention, like the last few years, rents have gotten really crazy. Rents are on the rise. And I've heard stats that they can go up as high as like 20 and 30% in some parts of the country. And it's just, it's really insane. Rents at some point are not going to be affordable for people to continue to do. And that's a one great thing about when we're in times of inflation is that if you own your own home, you know what your payment is every month. And that can be a predictable factor when putting together a budget for your household. Instead of like, oh crap, our our, our lease is ending. And now our landlord wants to increase our rent several hundred dollars a month. And you're like, well, that's not great for budgeting, right? Um, when you know that you could be putting that money towards something else, and if you have it in your own home and your own, you're building equity for yourself instead of the landlord, it is 
a big, big difference. The other thing we're seeing here in the Twin Cities is we still have really low inventory. We still have less than two months worth of inventory kind of as a whole. And there there are many neighborhoods that still have less than two months worth of inventory that are hovering still close to that one month worth of inventory number. But that number is slowly creeping up. I'm seeing this firsthand. Um, this spring, we put our first flip on the market and it sold tons of showings. I had like seven offers sold way over asking with all the sexy clauses you could ever want in a purchase agreement. And then now our second flip hit the market um, just a little over a week ago. And that one is taking longer to sell. We've had a decent amount of showings, but a lot of buyers are just kind of, well, we like it. Let me know if you get an offer and then we'll think about it. And so I'm seeing more like wishy-washy behavior with buyers and the market in general. The other tricky thing you're coming up against is if somebody is sitting in a position where they have a really low interest rate, if your clients are, your sellers in particular, and they have a home that you know might not meet all of their needs, but their interest rate is in the 2 and 3%, they're probably not super apt to say, oh yeah, now is the time we're going to buy a different house. So what we're seeing is we're seeing the market shift from a wants- um, to a needs-based. And what I mean by that is instead of someone like, oh, we really would, you know, we really would love a bigger house and we would love X, Y, or Z or a newer kitchen. Now the market has shifted to, we're getting a divorce. We need to sell. Um, we're having another baby. We need a bigger home. My parents are, one of them has dementia and we're moving them to the assisted living. And now we need to sell my mom and dad's home. Like we're, that's what I mean by when I say like a needs based market. And so I would say with our team, the majority of the clients we're moving with, we're, we're working with our first time home buyers, which will always be the case because rents keep going up. And then clients where the house, like their families are growing and they're like, we're just busting at the seams. We need a bigger home. And then the biggest population that our team has seen is uh, downsizers, where they're like, we have been living in this house for 20 years. It's way too big. We need something that's less maintenance. We ideally would like something newer. And then we're also having peppered in like people moving like out of town, out of state, that type of thing. So that's what I would consider a needs-based real estate climate right now. So here's some things that you can share with your buyers that if the conversation, which, you know, let's be honest, it's most likely is going to come up about interest rates. So here's some conversations that you can have um, with your clients about things that they can possibly explore. Shopping around. We've said this, uh, you know, I say this on social media pretty often. I sa- I've said it on other podcasts and not all lenders are created equal. You will get different rates if you shop like a big box lender versus a credit union versus a mortgage broker. They're all going to have different rates and they're all going to have different ways that they price loans. I know our lender, for instance, the reason why his rates tend to be so low is because he is a broker. So he works with a handful of lenders is that's what that means. And so when he meets with a buyer, gets their scenario, knows exactly like what lender is going to make the most sense for them, um, then he can shop it around for with maybe his like top two most competitive um, lenders that would meet that client scenario. And he also offices out of his home. 
He does not have, he doesn't pay for big, huge billboards. He doesn't pay for this super fancy schmancy office. Um, So the fees that he charges and because he's a one man shop, he gets to determine his own fees and what that looks like. And so it's really shocking when I get emails from other lenders in my inbox that will say the interest rates for today are X. And then I send that over to my lender and I'm like, here, check this out. And he's like, he's pricing loans, usually like a, a quarter to a half a point lower than most other lenders in town. So and that's not even a buy down rate. That's his par pricing. So it is, there are different ways to get different pricing with different lenders. Think about it. These big, huge, fancy banks that have gorgeous offices and they're doing radio and TV ads and they've got billboards and they're paying for salaries for hundreds of people. All of that is factored into the interest rate that you are paying them. That's how they're making their money. So that's, you know, shop around. It's no different than if you're going to get insurance on your home. You could call three different insurance companies and you're going to get three different quotes and have the the insurance product that you're looking at really be pretty apples to apples. So it's definitely worth shopping around. So if you need a recommendation for someone awesome in the Twin Cities, I've got one for you. Um, what about arms? If you are, if you are familiar with arms, they are a loan that, um, they're amortized for 30 years usually, and they're locked for a certain period of time. So a three, one arm means that the loan is locked for three years at an interest rate, and then it can adjust every year thereafter a five, one arm it's locked for five years and can adjust once a year, every year thereafter. But a product that has become really popular in the last few years is the seven year and the 10 year arms. So most people nowadays um, are in their homes for like eight to 10 years is what the stats are saying. So if you have an arm where your loan is locked for seven or 10 years, that really could be a good product for you to be able to get in at a lower interest rate. And credit unions are the ones, the lenders that have been having probably the most competitive rates on the arms. And it could be a really, a really great product to, to even just take a peek at and see how it compares to a 30 year conforming type loan. The other awesome thing, I don't know if you've seen it in the news, I'm like, you have to really kind of be living under a rock to not have seen it, um, is that the conforming loan limit has gone up again this year, and it's gone up pretty dramatically. Now it's way up into the 700s, uh, $700,000 mark. And what that means for your buyers is that now that they can put less money down, really, because like cash is king in an inflationary time, so buyers could put less money down. And they'll not have to take that jumbo pricing hit on their loan. And so all of that stuff sort of starts to add up. You know, with jumbo loans, you used to have to put 20% down and then you take a higher interest rate. Well, if you can have a conforming loan, you can put as little as 3 to 5% down on your loan. And then you don't have to take that pricing hit on your interest rate for having a jumbo loan. So being able to buy a more expensive home and um, having conforming loan is really fabulous for clients. So another really awesome tactic is asking the seller to pay for seller paid closing costs. A stat I saw um, this week was seller paid closing costs with our transaction coordinating company here in the Twin Cities is up to 38% of transactions that the company we use, our contracting company, 38% of real estate transactions in the last 
um, couple of weeks have had some sort of seller paid concessions. And you know, as well as I do, that during the height of the market, you're, you weren't getting any seller paid concessions. If you did, it's because <laughs> there was something really crazy happening. But most sellers were not willing to give up any money in their transaction. In fact, they wanted you to pay them way over asking, and then they weren't going to do anything for the buyer. So this is a super great, um, great news that we're seeing out there. And so instead of paying, taking that money and using it towards closing costs, what if you took that money and did some sort of interest rate buy down? either doing like a permanent buy down on the interest rate, or what if you did a 2-1 buy down? A 2-1 buy down is basically, it's giving you like a teaser rate for the first two years on your loan. So for the first year, you have a rate that's 2% lower than what the rate is today. And then your second year you're in your home, you have a rate that's 1% lower. And so the theory behind this is, is that as time goes on, theoretically, you're going to be making more money at your job. Or the other option is interest rates will change. We have an election year coming up in a couple of years. And many times rates change during election years. Um, and then that would be a good time for you to refinance and get into a 30 year fix where then you have the same rate for the life of your loan. But these are just kind of good strategies, like outside of the box, like how can we help like the immediate need with a buyer that's like, I don't want to pay six and a half percent on my interest rate. Well, it's a lot more affordable to be able to get into a home at four and a half percent and then work your way back up to six and a half percent and hope that the rates change and we have a shift in the market and then your clients are able to refinance down the road. Remember, marry the house, date the rate. Um, we love that saying, and it, it couldn't be more true, is that interest rates, they're predicted to go down at some point, And then that's when, you know, if you're working with a good loan officer, they usually reach out to you before you reach out to them. And they say, hey, if you refinance right now, we can do a low to no cost refi. And this is how much money it's going to save you every month. And most people are like, heck yeah, sign me up. Another great tactic that we are using is when we are having our initial consultation with our buyers, we are having the, we're asking the question, like, what's that monthly dollar amount that you would feel comfortable spending? Or you don't want your house payment to go over X amount of dollars. And then we can really have a conversation and with our lender and our clients and like, okay, let's work the numbers backwards. So you're comfortable spending whatever, let's just say $2,000 a month. And when we work that backwards, what does that equate to from a sales price standpoint? And keep in mind, a buyer is probably going to have to adjust that amount of money that they thought that they could qualify for initially. But think about it. You know, when you're buying real estate, I feel like it's very similar to when you get out of college and start your first job. Chances are you did not get your dream job straight out of college. That is that sort of like a shot in the dark. You usually have that job that's working you way working your way up to what will eventually be that job that you're like, oh my gosh, this is a job I've always wanted. I think about real estate in the same manner in that when I bought my first home, I bought a two bedroom, two bath condo in Tampa for $69,000. And what I was so proud of is that I did it all on my own. 
I didn't need my parents to co-sign. I didn't have to have a boyfriend help me. It was something that I did all on my own. And I knew like, okay, first of all, I knew I wasn't going to live in Tampa for the rest of my life. I knew that I was going to eventually move home to Minnesota, where I'm from, because everybody moves back to Minnesota, right? But I also knew that I have to start somewhere. Like this is a building block. And then, you know, you take the proceeds from that home and put it into your next home and next home and next home. That's ideally how this is supposed to work. And so you really just have to start somewhere. So with interest rates being a little bit higher right now, maybe you're not able to afford quite the home that you thought that you could, but at some point you have to get into the game. It's home prices. I think we're going to see them leveling out and tapering out, but overall here in the Twin Cities, home values are on the rise and they have been for some time. And I, the big joke is when was the best time to buy real estate? Five years ago. And what is the second best time? Today. Because overall with just from a trend of home values over the years and decades, home values continue to go up. And we may see a flattening and you may even see a little bit of a decrease. But overall, home prices um, over the years will continue to increase. So you just got to get into the home that you can afford, make it your own, make it as cute as you can. And then when the market changes and all of a sudden it becomes a super, super hot seller's market again and the values go up and you outgrow your house, then is the time to put it on the market and make money and buy your next home. So those are all my tips and tricks. That's what I've got for you. And if you're meeting with buyers and buyers really aren't wanting to get off the fence, it's it's truly our job. They're looking, our clients are looking to us to be the experts and we really need to provide them with all of the options, all of the options that they can have to feel comfortable moving forward with a purchase and Maybe even get some seller paid closing costs to buy down to buy down their interest rate. Who knows? So if every any questions come up, um, DM, reach out on social media at the Bus Bench Babes. Christy and I would love to have conversations with you guys about what the market looks like, how to have these conversations with your clients because it's not easy out there. So I hope you found this episode helpful. I hope this um, gives you some great talking points to share with your buyers. And I hope this helps you fill up your pipeline again. We want you to be successful and we want you to be able to really dig in and help clients now more than ever. So until next time, Bus Bench Babes, keep your face off a bus bench and keep being a badass boss babe that you are. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here.